Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Deerfield Counseling Podcast. My name is Charles Thomas, and I'll be your host. My hope is that this podcast will provide information, education, and maybe even some inspiration for people who are struggling with emotional issues, substance abuse problems, and even relationship issues. But for this first episode, I thought the best place to begin was, well, at the beginning. At the beginning of your journey. Choosing a therapist to work with, it, it's a big issue. I was just talking to a colleague today about this issue. She was actually looking to find a therapist. And I shared some information I had, of course, being in the field and knowing many of the therapists locally. And she said what she wished was that there was a sorting hat for therapists and maybe even for dating that could just pick one for you. Because the process is not very easy. If you don't have a personal recommendation, you're really starting from zero. So I hope this episode of the podcast and the one to follow, which will be part two of this series, How to Choose a Therapist, will help you choose the right therapist for you. In this first episode, I thought I would help listeners get an understanding of mental health clinician credentials. All those letters after the names of the therapist you might see on a site like Psychology Today. I thought we could run through what some of those letters mean and, and what they might mean to you as a client. So I should uh, probably tell you all my letters first. I'm Charles Thomas, M-A-L-L-P-L-L-P-C-N-C-C-C-A-A-D-C. It's quite a mouthful. I think some of those letters are helpful for clients to help understand what kind of uh, experience they're going to have with, with me as a therapist, while others might not be. So let's start and go through some of the academic credentials. I have an MA, and that stands for Master of Arts. Many therapists are also MS, which stands for Master of Science. What that means is that the therapist you're working with has completed a graduate program of about two years. This is two years beyond the bachelor's degree. Some therapists have undergraduate degrees in psychology, where others don't. The program I attended did not require an undergraduate degree in psychology, even though I had one. So clinicians who have an MA or an MS after their names have completed a master's degree of usually about two years, and that almost always included an internship where they're able to have supervised practice of their skills. Now, I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and at least locally, I would say about 80% of the therapists that are practicing and accepting clients have this academic degree, either an MA or an MS. And by the way, there's not a big difference between an MA and an MS. It's about the type of difference you would see in a Bachelor of Arts or a Bachelor of Science degree. Now, most people who have an MA or an MS are either licensed as professional counselors or limited licensed psychologists. I happen to have both of those licenses. Because I attended Western Michigan University, and the program is designed to make students eligible for both licenses, I have both. Clinicians who have master's degrees, either MAs or MSs, could also be licensed as marriage and family therapists. Let's talk about those different licenses and the different types of training 
that clinicians receive in those programs. I should mention before proceeding that everything in this episode is based on the uh, mental health credentials available here in the state of Michigan. If you are listening to this in another state or in Canada, for example, licensing and the acronyms will be different. Every state uh, provides different, has different licensing boards and provides different credentials for their therapists. So let's jump into some of the license options that you may see with people with MA or MS degrees. The first one is LLP. What does LLP mean? Well, LLP in the state of Michigan stands for Limited Licensed Psychologist. A limited licensed psychologist in the state of Michigan is allowed to practice and provide therapy under the supervision of a fully licensed psychologist. Now, that level of supervision changes over the years. For example, I'm an LLP, and I've been in practice for over 20 years. The licensing law in the state of Michigan states that if you've been licensed for over 10 years, you only need one hour of supervision per month. Those of us, those LLPs who have been licensed less than 10 years require more supervision. Now, when someone graduates from graduate school with their MA or their MS, and they receive their initial license from the state, they receive what's called a TLLP. This stands for Temporary Limited Licensed Psychologist. Very, very tentative. Once they receive one year of supervised experience, they can apply for what is their permanent license, the LLP or Limited Licensed Psychologist. Another license you may see therapists have who have achieved a master's degree is an LPC. LPC stands for Licensed Professional Counselor. Licensed professional counselors often have similar training to limited licensed psychologists, although psychologists tend to have more training in psychological assessment. If you're interested in having your therapist complete psychological assessments of any kind, then probably an LLP would be a better choice than an LPC. LPCs also have a tendency to be a little more holistic in their viewpoint and less clinical. LPCs are often critical of the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, and some may even reject the idea of mental illness altogether. Other clinicians who have master's degrees are trained in marriage and family therapy programs. The state of Michigan licenses licensed marriage and family therapists, and they often use the acronyms LMFT after their name. Now, marriage and family therapists tend to see problems based in families and relationships as opposed to residing in a specific person. They tend to take a more family systems-focused understanding of emotional problems or substance abuse than professional counselors or psychologists do. Now, you may have seen therapists advertise themselves as MSWs or they advertise their license as being an LMSW. What does that stand for? Well, the letters MSW stand for Master in Social Work. The Master's in Social Work degree is a degree completed by those who complete their therapy training in social work departments. Now, the training that social work clinicians receive differs fairly dramatically from the training that 
counselors and limited licensed psychologists receive. Social workers receive much more training in the American Social Service Network. If you have a question about getting on disability, qualifying for Medicaid, qualifying for food stamps, a social worker is probably the best person to talk to about that because they have specialized training in this area. That training also makes them very sensitive to issues like racism or inequality and how those factors, those societal factors, impact the individual's emotional state. So if you're looking for a clinician that can focus on those kinds of social issues and how those issues impact you as a client, a social worker might be your best choice. Now there are therapists out there as well who advertise that they have an MDiv degree. An MDiv is a Master of Divinity degree and that degree is usually offered through a seminary. So if you see a therapist who's advertising themselves as an MDiv, there's a very good likelihood that they engage in some sort of religious counseling or that faith or religion will play a role in the services you receive. So we've been talking a lot about clinicians who have master's degrees. There are also clinicians who have doctoral degrees. There are three main doctoral degrees you'll see that clinicians have after their names. Let's talk about them. The first one is a PhD. People who have PhD after their names have completed a Doctor of Philosophy program. Now a Doctor of Philosophy program requires clinical training, but it also requires original research in the form of a dissertation. People with PhDs spend a lot of time learning statistical models and doing original research in an area that they're interested in. You may see clinicians also with the letters EDD after their names. What does that mean? Well, EDD stands for Doctor of Education. There's not a great difference between PhDs and EDDs. The big difference being EDDs are often attending a counseling program or a therapy program that's located within an education college within a university. The other doctoral degree you often see in therapists is the PsyD, P-S-Y-D. This degree stands for Doctor of Psychology. The Doctor of Psychology degree is a fairly recent innovation. People with PsyD degrees are usually licensed as fully licensed psychologists, or LPs. Now, the PsyD degree was created, I think about back in the 70s, to address the need for more clinical training as opposed to a more research focus. Prior to that time, all psychologists, fully licensed ones, graduated with a PhD and spent a great deal of time, as I said before, conducting original research and learning about evaluation techniques. The PsyD was created to be a doctoral degree for psychologists that had a greater focus on being a clinician and less focus on becoming a researcher. PhD programs were great at putting out people who could conduct research and were qualified to teach at universities, but they didn't always have the level of clinical training that would be ideal. So the PsyD degree was created. Students in PsyD programs received more direct clinical training and did less research. As I said, most clinicians with PsyD degrees behind their names will be licensed as fully licensed psychologists. However, some 
will be LPCs or licensed professional counselors. So we've talked a little bit about academic degrees and the licenses that go along with those academic degrees. Let's talk a little bit about certifications. There are quite a few mental health certifications that you'll see behind clinicians' names if you go to a website like Psychology Today. I've got a couple certifications in my uh, long list of letters. I'm an NCC and a CAADC. What do those what do those certifications mean? Well, let's start with NCC. If you see the letters NCC after a clinician's name, it means they're a national certified counselor. I am a national certified counselor or a board certified counselor. Now, what does that mean for you as a potential client? Honestly, not very much. While I'm proud to be a board certified or nationally certified counselor, the requirements for this certification are nothing beyond my licensing requirements. So as a consumer of therapy services, seeing the letters NCC doesn't mean much. To be an NCC, you have to complete a master's degree and to pass a test called the National Counselor Exam. But in order to get your license as a professional counselor, you have to do both of those things anyways. So the NCC is a great credential, but it doesn't really help you as a client determine if this therapist is going to be a match for you. However, the CAADC may be a very helpful credential for you to look for. The CAADC stands for Certified Advanced Alcohol and Drug Counselor. As the name suggests, if you're dealing with substance use issues, it may be to your benefit to seek out a counselor with this credential. Now, the CAADC credential is given by the Michigan Certification Board of Addiction Professionals. Now, it does require quite a bit of specific substance use disorder training. It requires that certified members receive at least 100 hours of supervised training in substance use disorders, have a master's degree, and to also pass a specific test on substance use disorders. So if alcohol abuse or any other kinds of substance issues are why you're seeking treatment, looking for someone with a CAADC credential will clue you in that this person may have advanced training in addictions. Another credential that might be a useful indicator for you in picking a good therapist for you is the letters RPT. RPT stands for Registered Play Therapist. So if you're seeking out therapy for a young child, looking for this credential may be helpful. Now, the RPT, or Registered Play Therapist credential, is offered by the Association for Play Therapy. The association requires that Registered play therapists receive at least 150 hours of play therapy instruction and 350 hours of supervision. So if you, are, if you have a, a smaller child, maybe below the age of 12, and you're interested in play therapy as an intervention, I would suggest you seek out a therapist with those letters after their name, RPT. Another credential that we used to see in years past and aren't seeing as much is the ACSW credential. ACSW stands for the Academy of Certified Social Workers. Many years ago, the state of Michigan did not license social workers as they do now. 
They only certified them. And so many social workers who were in clinical practice used the letters ACSW to show that they were a member of the Academy of Certified Social Workers. Now that we have licensure in Michigan, we don't see this credential as much, and it's not as useful. Now, having the letters ACSW behind your name, does that, does that tell you anything about that particular social worker that they have training above and beyond what other social workers have? The answer is probably no. Now that we have licensure, the requirements for ACSWs and LMSWs are virtually the same. So this is not usually a useful certification to look for to help you choose a therapist. However, the BCBA credential very well may be a useful credential for you to look for. BCBA stands for Board Certified Behavior Analyst. Board Certified Behavior Analysts have specialized and very unique training in applied behavior analysis. If you have a child who is dealing with issues related to autism spectrum disorder, finding a BCBA therapist would be something I would recommend. BCBA therapists have high levels of training in applied behavior analysis, which is the best treatment intervention and the most researched and evidence-based treatment for autism spectrum disorders. So those are the main licenses and certifications you're going to see behind therapists' names. And I hope this little tutorial has been helpful for you in getting an idea of what sort of therapist you're looking for. Let me close by briefly talking about two additional degrees that are emerging. I don't think you're going to see many therapists using these letters behind their names currently in 2019, but in the coming years, you may. The first degree is the DBH, which stands for Doctor of Behavioral Health. This is a new degree that's designed for therapists like myself who do not have doctoral degrees and are interested in pursuing one. The Doctor of Behavioral Health degree is focused on integrating physical health with mental health care. Nicholas Cummings, who is the former president of the American Psychological Association, came up with the idea for this degree because he thought that the future of mental health would be integrated in primary health care. The last degree I want to talk about is the DPC. This is also an emerging degree. DPC stands for Doctor of Professional Counseling. It's designed to be a practice doctorate for licensed professional counselors. I mentioned earlier that psychologists had been trained as PhDs for many years until the more practice-focused degree, the Doctor of Psychology, was developed. The Doctor of Professional Counseling degree is designed as a practice-oriented doctoral degree for professional counselors. I hope this quick primer on mental health credentials and on mental health acronyms has helped you a little bit in narrowing down who you would like to choose to work with as a therapist. But therapists are more than just their academic credentials and their licensing credentials. There are other aspects that go into choosing the right therapist for you. So in episode two of the podcast, we're going to talk about some of those. We're going to talk about finding the right fit, the right fit between you and your therapist. I think it's helpful to narrow down who you're interested in working with based on their academic credentials and their licensing and their certifications. But ultimately, 
it comes down to a personal one-on-one relationship. So in the next episode of the podcast, we're going to talk a little more in detail about that. I hope you'll join me for that episode. And until then, be well.